Welcome to The Mental Rivalry, where minds from different generations discuss a variety of topics. I'm your host, Jamie, and this is my co-host, Cairo. What's up? Not too much. So there's going to be a bit of a, a warning here. We're going to be talking about mental health. Uh, today is Bell's Let's Talk, Let's Talk Day. Day. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get into like some personal stories and advice and stuff like that. So if this is not, if it's something that you don't feel comfortable listening to, uh, then this is your warning to log out. Just, it's okay. You can pass on this episode if you want. So this is going to be a somber episode. That's why everything is all somber right now. And I'm, I'm calmer and there's, there's no, there's no, uh, you've already missed the banter that was going on between Cairo and I. It was before the show. We already got that out of our system. Yeah, what needed to happen. It had to happen. Yeah, it has to happen every week. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so mental health, uh, you know, we most people listening to this has already heard all of the statistics, so we're not going to drop that on you because you've already heard it, so there's no point. Uh, but with today's Let's Talk Day, so let's talk. Uh, mental health is, you know, a serious thing. A lot of people deal with it every day, yep. and um, it's a constant struggle. There's a lot of um, uh, stigma. Yes, there's uh, there's a lot of negative stigmas out there about uh, people that suffer with mental illness. And I know that we're, as a society, we're still not quite there yet, where a lot of people feel comfortable talking about it, uh, or at least talking about their own mental illness. Um, mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about ours. And uh, if you end up, you wanted to share your stories or anything, you can always share it on, you know, email, Twitter, Facebook, uh, anything like that. Um, at Mental Rivalry. At, at Mental Rivalry, yes. Uh, I just assumed that they would know where <laughs> it is. Never assume, Jamie. Don't well, you know what happens? I know what our audience, you know what? God. No banter. <laughs> <laughs> Stopping it now. See, she's always trying to fight. Um, anyway, yes, at Mental Rivalry, uh, you know, we'd love to hear your stories too. And, uh, hopefully everybody has had success in battling their own inner demons. It's going to be a constant battle, but, um, yeah, how should we, how should we get started? Do you want to go? Do you want me to go? I don't know. Um, well. I'll go. It's fine. <laughs> Are you going to go? Yeah, I don't I'll know. go. Okay, go. Well, I mean. How long would you say you've been dealing with mental health issues? That I know of? Like, that when I've been aware or yeah. not aware? Uh, uh, both. Okay, so aware since 2011-ish, I started having, like, I, an idea that there might be something off because of what I'm going to get into. Mm -hmm. Um it's possible that I might have had some some form of it from before, but it was never taken seriously at all. It was, oh, you know, just got some anger problems. Yeah. You know, it was a little hyperactive. Um, distract. I would self-distract all the mm -hmm. time. So it's possible, but it didn't really come to a head until, like, the event I'm going to talk about. Yeah. And that's when it really, everything just exploded and yeah what about you um probably the last five years yeah i don't think i had an issue mm. until then yeah um yeah like i yeah, like I, I got nervous like everyone else, mm -hmm. but I don't think i had like an actual anxiety disorder right until five years ago yeah um, I I kind of feel the same in that, like, it's difficult because before that I was still so young that it's hard to know if it was just, like, angst. Like, yeah. I didn't have issues with, like, you know, I didn't have crowd issues or, um, you know, negative thoughts or stuff like that nearly as much as, as uh, after that fact. So I think, like, it, it's possible I might have had, like, a little bit, but... Uh, like you, I think it was just like that one moment that just... Yeah, that yeah. definitely triggered. I think mine also got a lot worse three years ago, mm -hmm. three or four years ago when I like 
went into college. I think college kind of exacerbated the situation because I um, didn't have a support system going into school. Like I had moved out. I was still in the same city, but with Toronto traffic, like you might as well have left the province. Like it took forever to get anywhere. I didn't drive at the time. So like that's a three hour bus ride home. So I didn't have like friends or family near me or anything. And um, yeah, I just felt like I kind of was alone for a while. And college was like talking about it now. It's so unhealthy and so like, what the fuck? Um, And when I tell my therapist that I, I remember telling my therapist and she was like, holy shit. And I was like, yeah, but it wasn't just me. Like it was everyone scheduling breakdowns. Like, okay, I'll be done this project and this project doesn't need to start until X time. So I'll have 30 minutes to cry and then like we can move on. Do you have 30 minutes? Because I don't want to break down alone. Like, and it was just like trying to work around the breakdowns and like working to the next one. And like, that sounds so fucking insane because it is. And that was like two years of my life where it's like a weekly, like, okay, I can cry now. Um, which is funny because I can't cry anymore, but like, um, like thinking about that, it's like, holy shit, like no wonder I'm not okay. Like that's insane. And I just went to radio school. Like I don't even want to think about like what an actual degree must be like. Like radio school is so blah. It's like so whatever, right? Um, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that stressful. But in the moment, it's like everything is for a grade, and you've worked so hard to like get to this point. And obviously, you know, I have a job in radio. I'm good at what I do. But if I had failed one of those classes, I wouldn't have my job. Doesn't mean I'm not good at it. But like that's all you can think about is that one class is make or break. And it was like that for two years. Wow. Like, that's the thing, right? Is like, yeah. uh, a lot of people think that mental health is mainly depression, mm-hmm. but they don't realize the damage that anxiety can do. Oh, and God, that, yeah. that constant, like, vo- uh, I don't want to say voice in your mind because of previous episodes, some mm-hmm. people don't have them. <laughs> but, uh, that constant negativity in your mind, it yeah. can be so exhausting and, uh, you know, like it, it, it's one of those things where it's like when you have a disease, mm-hmm. for example, like a physical disease, people relate to that because it can be seen, you know, they, they're like, oh, okay. Or if like you lose your leg, they're like, oh, I see that person has lost their leg. So it's like if, when, if somebody lost their, like a limb, mm-hmm. like their leg, people see it and they're like, oh, that person uh, is yeah. suffering because they lost their limb. But you can't see this. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, like uh, with empathizing with somebody sure. where it's like, well, I can't see what they're going through. So, you know, they must just be having a bad day mm-hmm. or they're overreacting. They don't see the, the physical actual pain. I think that... So I've said multiple times that I would never want to be with someone that doesn't have a mental health disorder, Mm -hmm. I guess, Um, because and I think that dating at this point is just trying to find someone whose mental health doesn't trigger yours or who doesn't make who you don't make theirs worse. You can both handle each other like on your low days and you make it maybe a little bit easier because you know you have someone that understands the situation that can properly be there for you because they get it like I don't want to be with someone that has no point of reference Mm -hmm. and just thinks like oh you can't get out of bed today just just do it like because I've had that and it's devastating and so like my anxiety now is I can't breathe but like all the time like I don't need to be having a panic attack to feel like I can't breathe. It's just worse when I am having a panic attack. And when this first started happening, the person I was with at the time kept telling me that I was fine. And I was like, but I'm not. Like, I wanted something physically to be wrong with me because it doesn't make sense. Like, what do you mean? Like, I can't breathe. Like, I feel like I've run a marathon. I'm laying in bed, right? And... 
um, he just kept telling me that I was fine and that it was in my head, which is, in, in all honesty, scarier than it being something physical because obviously, like, I'm not consciously making it so I can't breathe. It's some part of my brain I can't reach. I can't communicate with that part. So that makes it not okay. That makes me not all right. That makes that makes it so that there's something wrong, like not physically, but there's something wrong. Yeah, like so the, the dismissiveness is the worst. It right? was horrible. Like it took a very long time for him to be like, no, I think that something's actually wrong with you. And at that point, I was like, well, I've just had months of you telling me that I'm fine. And like, how do you think that makes me feel? When, like, I don't talk to people about it because I feel insane. Yeah. I feel insane even like I don't like to talk about it because I don't want this part of my brain to like hear me talking about it. Mm -hmm. So I just try to avoid it in general. So when I'm with someone and I'm talking to them about it and they're dismissive about it, it's like, oh, my God, like I don't even talk to my parents about this. Like I barred them from asking me because I don't want to think about it. And I'm telling you and I'm being told that. Well, you're fine, but I'm not, though. Yeah. And I think that's like a lot of people well, have to. And the thing is, is like people, they think that it's like a decision to be that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And the problem is like, because again, they can't see that like your legs missing, for example, they can't under really understand. Mm -hmm. So I like to look at it like this. Like, so when you feel irritable in that moment, you feel like everything is justified like all of your thoughts sure. like that you're just this is just normal you and everybody else is being just assholes right yeah for some reason everyone's being assholes today well it's the same thing in yeah. that it's just like all the time not necessarily irritability but you don't realize like it's your day-to-day -day life mm -hmm. so it feels like normalcy yeah. and it's not until at least for me once i got medication that I started to see, okay, this is actually the, I'm now outside of that, like, um, that internal bubble, that echo yeah. chamber in my mind. And so with mine, I think I burnt out. Um, I was working a lot last year and, um, in school, almost every speaker that we had said, you haven't made it in radio until you've been fired or you're going to want to get a therapist or something like that. Um, and I haven't been fired, but I got a therapist. So I feel like we're halfway there. Um, but they kept talking about burnout and they were talking about it in more of a creative sense. Like I stopped caring about my job or I didn't show prep as much or just creatively felt drained, but no one talked about the physical side effects of burnout. So when I would come to work and I was living in Toronto and working way outside of that city, my days were so long and it was every single day. Like I just wasn't having days off and I was like, it's fine. Like I work part-time in radio. That's, it's what I'm meant to do. And I'm 20 years old and I'll work, I'll sleep when I'm 50 or something. Like this is the time to put it in and uh, just didn't really think about it. And had I known then that burnout had physical repercussions, I would have paid more attention to my body. Um, and I absolutely did not listen to how exhausted I was or how unhappy in my relationship I was and like working in relationship and friendships and like tr family relationships like trying to maintain all of that like I just wasn't listening to like Cairo you need a day for yourself and I'm still working on that like I still work incredibly hard and like don't have days off but my days are much shorter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've told you before to take a day for yourself and you've told me no. I know. My last, so when this goes up, it'll be on the 29th. Yep. And my last day off will have been New Year's. That's. However, actually, that's not true. I can, let me, ugh, let me, let me, let me, let me. That's not true. My last day off was the 14th. And then my next day off 
will be next week. You care so much about money. I do. Like, you're such a greedy goblin. I know. Like, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> but, like, my days are so much shorter now. And now, like, in February, I have multiple days off each week. Right. Which is something I haven't been able to do because since I've moved here, I just haven't been making enough money. So I've had to have been working every single day. And then when I my hours finally got worked out, I had to work long hours so that I could replenish the fuckery that was going around <laughs> since I moved here. So I like it, it's like this vicious circle where you're like, shit, like I, I want to do something for myself, but I can't because, oh, my God, like this is happening and then I'm burning out, but I can't stop because and it's just like the circle that you can't get out of. Right. So it's taken over a year, but like February I get days off and it's like, holy shit, like I can get better now. But, like, it, it is this, like, vicious circle that you can't get out of because you're like, oh, my God, like, I'm burning out, but I can't stop because I need to pay my rent. Yeah. Um, and, like, I don't know, man. If someone ever comes to me and is like, your generation, you just don't work hard enough and that's the problem, I'll be like, bitch, two jobs. Everyone I've met has two jobs. We, uh, we won't get onto that topic today, but maybe it'll be a topic for another episode about the whole... Uh, uh, generational thing mm. because I agree with you. Yeah, it um, takes so much more than hard work, especially compared to compared to the past. Yeah, uh, but I think that's a really good topic for us to have on another show. I think that's going to be. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, we agree. Oh my it's gonna god, it's going to be bombastic, what? though. Pardon? It's going to be bombastic. Oh, bo- We're going to be teeing off. Yeah, man, it's going to be feisty. Well, we agree. I know, which is weird. <sighs> We're agreeing a lot these days. I think it's because we don't see each other enough. It probably We're there's not fighting less headbutting. as much. Yeah. <laughs> God, you fight with me all the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, like in school, in school it was always talked about like burnout. Burnout was constantly talked about, mm-hmm. but never the physical side. And I really want to go back to my college and like talk to whoever's in the program now and be like, listen to your body not just your mind mm-hmm. your body will fucking scream at you yep listen yeah but and it's also like how tight you know you have a radio job right yeah. so it's not uh physically exhausting but when mm-hmm. you have like mental health issues that physically drains you oh, yeah. so like when you're like <laughs> oh you know i've been at the radio station all day it's not like oh well you've just been talking on the radio you it's not exhausting but yeah. it is like because there's a lot of there's a lot of research that goes into what like I have to make sure I don't lie. Mm-hmm. I have to make sure nothing is liable. I have to make sure what I'm talking about is interesting, which sounds yeah. so stupid because you're like you read an article and you're like, oh yeah, that's interesting. But like, is it interesting for my audience? Like, is it interesting for me because I'm 22? Because I'm talking to people. I'm talking to 50 year old men. So is it interesting to them? I have to think about that. But you're wrong on a daily basis. So how do you make sure you're right <laughs> on the radio all oh the time? God. Anyway, just saying. It's true. Christ. I should be your fact checker. Ah! Will you be my intern? No. <laughs> he won't Did write you, You'll be my me. intern. Oh, my God. Here's the thing. I think that the reason why uh, it's like this is because not only has it been uh, awareness has been increasing, mm-hmm. but when you go to like the doctor, usually going for a reason, right? Yeah. Like for either a checkup or for, oh, you know, I'm sick or whatever. So there, it's a lot more difficult for them to be proactive. So mm-hmm. I think what should be part of your medical checkup is a mental checkup. Oh, for sure. And I think that would help the situation because I, I just think, mm-hmm. like, especially since a lot of people like myself had a lot of difficult, have or had a lot of difficulty coming to terms with it and even go- wanting to talk to somebody about it is very difficult if it's part of the checkup. Yeah. You know, they might be able to see the signs early enough uh, to, to help people before it escalates. And, like, if that's just the thing that you're being asked f- from a very young age – that can start to break the stigma down quickly. Like you're not 20 before they ask you, Hey, mentally, how are you doing? Yeah. Because by 20 you've grown up with the stigma of this is something we don't talk about, or this is 
it's weak to talk about this or mm-hmm. this is a private matter, like this is something you have to do on your own, which absolutely, I mean, maybe you do want to deal with it alone, but I personally find like when I'm alone is when it's worse. Absolutely. The, the more I'm like, w- I try very hard to be outside, not even necessarily with somebody, but like outside. I try but, to distract myself. Oh God, yeah. Either like playing a game or reading a book or watching a movie because if I'm alone, people underestimate to... the power of a fake smile. Like oh, absolutely. I'm not saying fake it till you make it forever, but like if you fake smile at some point, like you actually do start laughing and it's like legit, which mm-hmm. is actually proven like it is legit if you sit there and smile like you'll just start laughing because it's fucking weird to do that and then Mm -hmm. like it becomes real and you're like oh shit i'm happy what yeah yeah um and the thing is is like coming from a male perspective anyway uh i find that uh, the stigma is even worse oh for sure for us like it's it's people are a lot more understanding uh, when it comes to mental health issues with women, but mm-hmm. with men, it's all like toughen up and mm-hmm. stop being such a pussy, like just all this stuff. And yeah. it just encourages you to, to not want to talk about that stuff Definitely. until it's like past breaking point, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what, what happened to me is, you know, is, uh, like growing up, I was, I think I was the typical kid, like, you know, in the girls hockey, somewhat school (laughs) but uh you know testosterone and just like grumpy and all that stuff but um so my grandma one day she was going to the doctors and got out of her taxi cab and there was a big patch of ice slipped and uh broke her hip which caused her to have dementia and uh, unfortunately that ended up taking her from us now when i was growing up uh, I didn't really have a father figure until I was like seven. Uh, so the only people, like the core people that were around me were my mom, my grandma, and my grandpa. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that really shaped who I am today. Um, so when she passed, that was pretty devastating. For sure. And it's especially devastating when, have you ever seen someone that has just passed, Cairo? Um, yes. It's haunting. It's haunting. Mm -hmm. So um, I saw her and that was terrible. Uh, And so, you know, it was a rough go, but I was able to distract myself because I was was there for my mom and my grandpa and they're grieving. And, uh, you know, the rest of my family, like it was a tough time, but I was able to just kind of put my grief into their grief and, and just move forward, right? And then uh, it wasn't that much longer after my grandma passed that my mom got sick with pneumonia. And, uh, you know, everything seemed okay. Like, she seemed to be improving. I was going up every day seeing her. Um, But she had just recently uh, separated from my dad. Now, he's not my biological dad, but for me, he's my dad. Yeah. Right? So they just separated and she got sick. Uh, So I was going up to check on her all the time. And then she just took a turn, you know, like she started, uh, she went into like a coma, like state, she yeah. had a rash and all this stuff. And the doctors, uh, I was at work and they called me and they're like, Hey, uh, you need to make it, we need to come up and talk here and you need to make a decision. And I was like, what? Because yeah. everything seemed to be getting better. So out of left field. It was completely at a left field. And they're just like, you know, we, we don't think she's going to make it. And, uh, so, uh, I didn't know what to do because with, uh, them being separated, it all fell on me. Yeah. Uh, so I called, um, I called my, uh, aunt, uncles, family members to come up and be a part of, uh, the conversation. And when I, I finally made a decision to, you know, let her move on, uh, for reasons I'm not going to get into, that's a little too personal. Um, and uh, so I, I, you know, I told them, called all the family and told them, hey, you know, we got three days. They're going to make her as comfortable as possible. Come in, come see her. Yeah. And everybody, for the most part, was good about it. Except for uh, my one uncle, who I thought was going to be the most uh, comforting about it. Oh, wow. um, but not at all. Like he, uh, the first time he called, he was very 
bombastic and, and aggressive towards me. He was upset because there was like some negative family history going on. Um, so like my grandmother, when she, uh, she had married before and he had passed. So my grandpa was her second husband. So the family, some of us had different last names, we were, but we were still family. Well, for some reason, there was some family history going on between him and everybody else. Mm-hmm. And he thought it would be appro- it was inappropriate that I was letting them see my mom before she passed away. What? Yeah. And I'm just like, no. Like, I, I was shook because mm-hmm. he was threatening me uh, if, I, if I let them see her and all this stuff. And I, I was very confused. Yeah. I was really uh, vulnerable at that time. So sure. normally I wouldn't let somebody talk to me like that. But like at the time, I was like, broken. I have, like I, I didn't have the energy to fight whatever the hell is going on with you. Exactly. I was I was so broken. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. He was pushing me around. I was just like, I just want, I just want my mom. Yeah. Right. And uh, like I, I, I was so alone. For sure. And um. So anyway, he uh, he di- he didn't want them seeing anybody or, or seeing my mom or anybody, and I, I was so confused and lost. And then she uh, she ended up passing away on her own uh, the day that I was going up uh, to see her and and to have them take her off life support. Uh, so she passed away, and I was broken. Yeah. Like I went up there, I unfortunately didn't get there in time to see her, and seeing your mom like that. I'm never yeah. going to be able to unsee that. Like when you, when I close my eyes, I still see it. it it's, I hope nobody ever has to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so then uh, I had to make all these arrangements, which was very stressful. Um, and then keep dealing with uh, this nonsense about, well, they're, we don't share the same last name and they've done all this terrible stuff. Now, my mom didn't keep me informed on any of the family drama. <laughs> to me, all of these people were my aunts, uncles, and cousins. Yeah. Like, I didn't have any ill will towards them. Mm-hmm. I felt that, and even if there was some type of drama, now it's not the time to be dealing with that. Yeah. Put it aside, right? Like, mm-hmm. my mom would want everybody to be there. Uh, so, yeah, then he started getting into, like... Uh, stuff that was passed down that he claimed was his. And I'm just like, seriously, man, like we're going to be getting into like things that like belongings, like what? And he was, uh, he was lying to me about, uh, that it, this item belonged to him. And I almost fell for it until my wife was like, no, like, remember, like, and she explained, she reminded me like why it belonged to my mom. Yeah. Now, he had also had something else. Um, this was uh, my grandpa had given him and my mom something. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to trick me into giving him this item. Yeah. And I was like, no, man, like, I'll give you a copy. But, like, seriously, what's going What is this? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of moved on. You know, I was completely broken when my mom passed away. I didn't know what to do. I, I was lost. Like all I had, I just, I couldn't, um, couldn't get out of bed. Didn't want to go anywhere. Just wanted to just sink away. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my job went out of business. Well, they closed down. Yeah. So then I was unemployed like mm-hmm. a month after. Oh God. Like we found out. Yeah. We didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And then like it finally closed like a few months later. And then, um, so my grandpa went to live with this, my uncle, and then I barely ever saw him. Like, my grandpa ended up being put into, uh, like, an old age home. Yeah. I didn't know where he was. And then I got a call from one of my relatives saying, hey, he's really sick. He's actually here. And he was far away, like, three hours away. Yeah. And uh, by the time I found a ride, I didn't have a car at the time. By the time I found a ride, he had already passed. So I didn't even get to see him. And he, when I called up there, the nurses were upset. They're like, nobody comes up to see him and you're all calling now. I didn't know where he was. Yeah. So now like my core, like my core influence is growing up or all gone. Yeah. 
and within the span of a few years. And that was just, I, I couldn't deal with it. Like, mm -hmm. I just mentally couldn't deal with it. Um, you know, I was polite at the funeral with my uncle, but since then, like, I've seen him, but to me, he's dead. Yeah. Like, he's not, like, now that I've had time yeah. to to deal with everything and process things and get help, like, he just doesn't exist anymore yeah. to me because he's not the person that I thought he was. So he is, it is what it is. Um, but then I was struggling. Like I, as I said, I couldn't get out of bed. I didn't want to see anybody. I barely ate. Um, Michelle, I, I was so irritable, uh, that Michelle was just like, honey, you, something's wrong. You know, and this had been going on for a year now yeah. where I was just popping off and just unstable. And finally, finally, I, it got to the point where like, it, it was like, I had to seek help. Michelle was like at her limit. Yeah. So I finally went, you know, got my diagnosis, which was severe depression and anxiety, mm -hmm. um, which I still deal with to this day. <coughs> but being on medication and having some of the support systems that I have in place now has really helped me. Like I still suffer from it sometimes, mm -hmm. but it's a lot uh, I don't want to say easier, but it's a lot more manageable um, now that I'm more aware of it. Techniques to help minimize it. The medication helps. Yeah. And uh, the, the other key is to surround yourself by people that are going to support you. And that's one of the reasons why I mentioned my uncle was because uh, toxicity in people around you it contributes to <laughs> mental illness. Mm -hmm. Like, cut those people out of your life. Yeah. Like if somebody is consistently like making you miserable, get them out of there. Blood to me is earned. Oh yeah. hundred percent. You know, like I have people that are not actually related to me that are closer than like, you know, a sibling or, you know, yeah, uh, like, which is why I say that I think dating is just trying to find someone that doesn't trigger your mental health because mm -hmm. I think, that like I think that sometimes my anxiety can be a lot mm -hmm. and if it's too much for someone to handle or if my down days create down days for the person I'm seeing like don't stay with me yeah and vice versa like I think that I also extends to like not just dating but also friendships, friendships for sure like you know? if someone if their breakdowns and it's to no fault of their own, but if mm -hmm. it triggers your breakdowns, like yeah. that's not a good situation for anybody yeah. to be in. And you're not getting what you need out of that relationship, whether it be romantic or friendship wise. Yeah. Like, Or then, if it's, it's like uh, really one sided. So like if mm -hmm. you're finding that you are uh, constantly there for them yeah. and then they don't, they consistently don't reciprocate. And I mm -hmm. don't mean like once or twice. I mean like they're never there. Sure. It, it's like the whole, um, like if somebody's on their phone around you all the time yeah, and they're clearly texting, but then you text them and they don't get back to you for like five days. Uh, yeah. Like clearly, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it's like that. Like you surround yourself with people that are going to help you. If, if your issues are too much for them, then that's fine. Like you guys just don't, you know, it's, it, it's just not, I not everybody that, has to be friends. No. And if it's not working, there's no point in wasting yeah. your time. Because it's just going to drain you even more. So, like, my inner circle is fairly small now. I've cut mm -hmm. a lot of people out of my life. Yeah. Um, but I feel great about that. Like, I know that sounds horrible, but the, I've had some, even some friends that were very toxic for me. Yeah. And uh, now that the, those people are not my friends anymore, I've, I'm, I'm better off. Like, I'm more mentally healthier and more stable with that, without that negativity. It's a lot of work. Absolutely. Having is. a lot of friends is so much fucking work, especially mm -hmm. if they're not part of the same friend group. Yeah. And you have to individually see these people. Mm -hmm. Like, 
that's almost a full-time fucking job yeah. to maintain a friendship, one friendship versus having an inner circle of 50 people. Why the fuck would you do that to yourself? My yeah. inner circle is probably five people. Right. Probably less than, honestly. Right. And, like, and am I part of your inner circle? Obviously. Of course yes. you are. You're, just, my, you're my, yeah. Yeah. Um, I almost said the city we live in. Yeah, I know. But that's Because fine. you're my that city dad. Yeah. Because like, I would call you, like, I don't even need to call you. No. You just brought me cold medicine the other day <laughs> at 1030 at night. Like, I literally thought that you were going to come and drop it at work for me the next day. And you were, like, on the way. And I almost, like, if I was capable of crying, I probably would have. <laughs> like, it was, that was so fucking nice of you. Gotta take and, care like, of you, my friend. You don't need to, like, you don't need to do that. But, like, why am I going to have people in my inner circle that wouldn't offer that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like. Exactly. Like, there's, and also, like, people will... There's certain people out there that will manipulate you for their own benefit. Because you are the kind of person that would offer that. And so why wouldn't, like, anybody's going to want that in their inner circle. Yeah. But, like, they might not reciprocate Exactly. And that's when it becomes a problem, right? And, and, you know, personally, like, I never do these things with the thought of, oh, this person better reciprocate. For sure. You know, but I've definitely noticed in past friendships uh, where, like, uh, I was brushed aside. Like if I was having, I'd like to call it episodes. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going down the rabbit hole or having an issue, it's like, oh, you know, uh, I don't want to give examples cause I don't want anybody to yeah. get called out here. But, um, yeah, like it, it wasn't like sometimes you don't even realize it until you're out. So yeah. I had friends approach me and they're just like, Hey, this person is not good for you. And that's nothing against that person, you know? Uh, or those people. It's just sometimes you just don't mesh. It's like something. you just yeah, and yeah. and it's an it's a never ending journey. Like finding those rare people in your life that you do mesh with, especially if you have mental illness. It's like finding the puzzle piece yeah. that finally clicks together. Uh-huh. You're my puzzle piece, Cairo. Oh, yeah. Jamie. Yeah, you're one of my puzzle piece, and That's it so just cute. fits in there. Um, that's adorable it is adorbs oh my god but uh, yeah like definitely you have to take one thing I've learned over this um, almost 10 years of dealing with this is and it's going to sound super very selfish but you have to take care of yourself first absolutely period like you have to, especially with our healthcare system with mental health being so retroactive and not at all proactive if you want to be proactive about the situation you have to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time you have to find help outside of your actual healthcare system. Like yeah. well, my think therapist. Of, think of the people that are in like the United States where they have to pay. Jesus. Like my my um, general practitioner, my doctor, didn't find me a therapist. She straight up told me that she couldn't because I wasn't a risk to myself physically, um, which I'm not and I never have been, thank God. Um, but because I hadn't ever tried to do anything to hurt myself, I wasn't, I wasn't an immediate case. So they couldn't provide me with a therapist. So the therapist that I do have, I went and found her by myself. I literally just fucking Googled therapy therapists and, um, I mean, I don't have healthcare with any of my jobs because it's all part time, which sucks. But, um, well, you have like our, uh, government healthcare. You just don't have yeah, the but, extra to um, pay for like a uh, therapist and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which sucks. Cause the job, the radio job I'm at, great coverage, <laughs> but I don't have benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, um, I'm, I don't think my therapist is covered by OHIP or anything like that. No. No. Yeah. Um, but um, there are therapists out there if it's something that you're looking for that are on a sliding scale based on your income, which is huge. Um, something that I did with my therapist is um, she wasn't fully licensed. Like she was she was learning. So she was very cheap. And now that she is a therapist, like completely, I guess, graduated. I don't know. Um She's obviously a lot more expensive, but still on a sliding scale, so affordable. Um, And I'm sure that there's a lot of therapists out there that do offer sliding scales because I think that they realize, like, $125 isn't something 
everyone can afford on a weekly basis. Yeah. Like, which is sometimes what you need to do. Like, you need to go to therapy every yeah. single week. Yeah. Like, I was looking into it, uh, and it's almost $100 an hour. Yep. It's crazy. Now, for people that are listening that aren't from Canada, uh, OHIP is the uh, Ontario Health Insurance Plan. Yeah. And what it is, it's a card, that, like a photo ID card that we present when we need to go to the doctor if we're sick or if we go to the hospital for something that uh, we have an illness for, mental health, we can get checked out. But there's certain things that are not covered, and that's where like a private insurance comes into place. Yes, which like, I do not have. Exactly. So that would be like dental work or, or therapist or a ch- chiropractic. Eyes. Yeah, exactly. Optometrist, all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, even though we, we do have a, a, a decent healthcare system, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, to our neighbors down south in the States, this is what all of this terminology means. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because you might not be aware. But yeah. Yeah. Um, God, man, OHIPs should totally include absolutely your fucking mental health. Cause like they should also include optical and dental too. Oh, God. Yeah. But anyway, that's cause a- like side note, I'm sorry, ADHD, side note, your teeth, if your teeth get fucked up, like the infection that can spread throughout your body, oh, like, yeah. w- bro, yeah, how is that not covered? Yeah, Come absolutely. On. Like you can die. Like, huh. yeah. Ooh. Jesus. Yeah. And also people need to see. Yeah. Like, a little bit of a necessity. Like these are necessities that should be there. Um, who knows? Maybe one day. Maybe God, one day. We'll work on it. Yeah. Taxpayers. Maybe maybe I'll run for uh, for office. Oh, my God. Would vote. Yeah. Would vote. I think everybody would. I think so. Yeah. I think I Michelle has been trying to push me for a couple years to go. To vote? No. To, oh, God. Okay. To run, like, for o- to run for office. Oh, my God. Yes, please. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'd be amazing. Anyway. Um, yeah. So that's those are our stories uh, of what we've gone through. As I said, you know, surround yourself with people that love you and will be supportive. Um, you know, you don't want anybody that makes you feel more negative than you make yourself feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's okay to let people go. Yeah. You know, that's the one of the biggest struggles I had was just letting people go. For and sure. especially people that have been in your life for a long time. Yeah. And you feel like, because they have always... to be there because you're your blood or because you've known them a long time. And it's like, no, they have to earn that right. Yeah. Because it's nice to have someone that knows, that has seen you grow and that knows you and that gets you. Yeah. But like, it's something that I've been working through 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 therapy is getting rid of very long-term friendships, but friendships that I'm not getting anything out of exactly. anymore. Because it's like... It's hard to think like, okay, I could make a friend tomorrow and be with them for the, like, be friends with them for the rest of my life and they still will never know me like this person just because that person has all those other years that this new person will never see. And like being okay with that because even though this person knows me so well, like they're not respecting me. Yeah. And also I like to feel like view life as chapters. Mm-hmm. So like even though they they've read the first couple chapters, doesn't mean they know what you're gonna be going through or who you are for the rest of the book, that's right? That's very true. Yeah. So like if that's why I was just like, turn those pages, bitch. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> yeah. You've just, been a big part of like me walking away from people because I feel like when when we met that was kind of when I started meeting people that show me respect. Oh, bless. Like you, I'm going to name drop Tim because he's going to be on an episode at some point. But sure. Tim was one of the first people I met um, at this new chapter of my life where I was like, oh, that's what respectable friendships are like. That's what how I should be treated in my friendships and things like that. And like that was kind of the first person where I was like, okay. Um, I'm getting something out of this versus I'm just kind of giving and giving and never being replenished by getting anything out of this. So like now I think 
I've got this like group of people, especially here, um, not so much when I go back home, but here, especially like, uh, where I get thing, I get things out of the relationship. Like it's not just people feeding off of me and I feel respected. And like, I would say that my inner circle and pre like previously has been people that like have just fed off of me and parasitic. Pardon? They're parasitic. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, like, they totally use me, but that's still, like, my support system, and, like, it feels weird without them. Sure. But now my inner circle is people that, like, respect me and, like, get me and are there for me, and it's just, it's taken a, a long fucking time, but it feels so fucking good exactly. to not be drained or, like, think, ugh, I have to go see this person to like maintain this relationship that I kind of don't really care about anymore. Like now I only have friendships that I care about and that I want to work on and that don't make me feel like it's a job to be this person, like in this person's life and have them in my life. So, but for your mental health, like it's something that's needed and it, yeah. like it's hard. It's so it's, hard. It's, it's a, devastating. It really is. It's a very hard thing like to do. It's a big, it's a, it, and you need some, usually, at least I did, you need somebody to help you with it because oh, yeah. taking that first step of just like letting people go mm -hmm. is, is, it's so hard. And, um, but the thing is, is like, especially if you're spiraling, it's hard to imagine things getting better, mm -hmm. but even just like mental illness period. Um, but it can, Yeah, you know, it's all about taking control in your in your own life and and uh in the here and now you know like you can't affect what happened in the past but you can affect what happens now and then what happens from this point on you can affect you can you can decide your reaction to whatever exactly. your past was exactly like, and and if you you know people will come into your life and if you remove the toxic people from your life you will all not only start to feel better but you're making room for good people. but you're making room for people that will actually help you can you know become a better person and deal with yeah. the issues you're having and your life can can become more joyful uh as you had just yeah said like in such a lovely way like <laughs> it's just oh my heart uh -huh. uh, you could have talked about me a little bit more but hey. oh my god, uh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, tim's pretty awesome though you guys are gonna like tim but uh <laughs> i loved him but like it's true i um like i can't think of someone that would at fucking 10 30 at night be like i'm bringing you neocitrin <laughs> like i was dying i was so sick and you just got in your car, fucking got me neocitrin day and night and cold tissues. Like, of course, and you felt so much better after I taking it. I did. Oh my it. god, fuck! It gave me life. Neocitrin, the bomb. It not is. sponsored, but not sponsored, be. but it really is. Oh, Tim is oh. calling. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> god, his ears must have been burning. I know. That's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> Uh, if you feel like you need immediate assistance, uh, you can contact the Ontario Mental Health Helpline at 1-866-531-2600. You can call um, you can call the Center for Suicide Prevention 1-833-456-4566. Uh, the Kids Helpline 1-800-668-6868-911. Uh, call your physician, your, you know, uh, call a friend, call somebody, reach out. And, uh, it, it, it's a very difficult thing to put yourself out there. Uh, trust me from somebody that was fought it tooth and nail, one of the most stubborn people on the planet. It's worth talking to somebody. It's worth getting help. Nobody's going to judge you. You're not, you know, it's not going to be a situation where you're made, to feel, because one of the great things, or not great things, but one of the things about mental health is that a lot of this stuff, it's okay to feel that way. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody and thinks differently. Not everything, not everything is going to work right away. No, it takes like, time. Whether you decide to go the route of therapy. Um, Sometimes, you you know, the medication doesn't work right and you have yeah. to find a different 
type of medication. I was lucky in mine and it, you know, yeah. it, it fell in line pretty quickly, but, uh, yeah, so it's going to take effort and it's going to take time. But the, the yeah. great thing is that you're worth it. Don't feel defeated no. if you have to try three or four different therapists before one yep. clicks or yeah. different medications before something works. If you decide to go that route, exactly, um, it's it, trial and error. It, it is trial and error. Uh, you know, it's still fairly new with, uh, you know, with how much information they have. So try to be patient. Uh, try to be open, honest. It's good if you can find someone to help you uh, transition with it. Mm-hmm. Especially when you start medication, sometimes Always tell a group of people you trust. Yes, because side effects are intense. Yes, they can be intense. Rather, they, they can be. So, whenever a change happens with your medication, be it yep. be it what whatever you're on or dosage, tell a group of people that you trust to fucking watch you. Absolutely, because you might not even be aware. Oh yeah, you know, like it, it can yeah, um, but. It's something you should do, even if you just go talk to somebody, because I'm not going to speak for medical professionals, but for the most part, they're not going to force anything on you. No, They're there to listen and to give you options. Like my my doctor gave me multiple options that I got to choose from. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you know, we got to do all these tests. Like that's not (laughs) how it ends up actually being. Um, So... Definitely go get help. Uh, talk to anybody that you feel like you can trust. Definitely make sure it's somebody you could trust. Oh, and if sure. you don't have anybody around that 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 you can talk to, you know these support lines are there for you as well. Yeah. Um. So even if you feel like you're alone, you're never alone. Mm-hmm. And as I said, uh, we would love to hear any stories that you feel comfortable sharing. Yep, it um, is Bell Let's Talk. So let's open the conversation of mental health and stop the stigma. Thank you for listening to The Mental Rivalry. We upload every Friday except for today, special occasion. Special occasion? An occasion. It, it's an occasion. <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening.